Welcome to the Homegirls. Four top producing mega realtors, moms, wives, and friends talking about real estate and real life. Angela, Kristen, Jessica, and Lindsay are in the top 1% of all real estate agents and would be honored to receive your real estate referrals in Colorado. Join us as we drop a new episode every Monday anywhere podcasts are aired, in real life on YouTube, and connect with us every day on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at HomegirlsCO. Thanks for listening. We love you. What to do if you're in a crazy market and you have a buyer, but there's not a lot of houses out there. So you have to write a crazy competitive offer when you're trying to compete with five, 10, 15 other offers. So that's an issue that I'm having right now my, myself, and I don't really know what to do. I've got six buyers coming in and I just have a tremendous amount of stress about how we're going to get these offers accepted once we do find the right house. So I know that you girls have tons of experience and I would love to hear what you guys would do if you were in my shoes. How do you write the most competitive offer? I mean, I think step one is call the listing agent and start a relationship with your listing agent on the property. It's absolutely price. It can sometimes be about terms. So what terms are more important to your seller than price? So starting there is always key for me. Mm -hmm. the rapport with the listing agent. And I personally um, send a text message and not call because as a high volume listing agent, I might have 15 listings going on at one time and they all have multiple offers and it gets overwhelming with phone calls and I forget who's who. So I personally would send a text message. Hmm. Okay. Kristen, how about you? Um, so for me is the escalation clause. I know that's huge in yeah. our market here. <laughs> Why do you I know? I know. So I kind of feel like you do Angela with the escalation clause. It kind of gives me butterflies in my stomach. Thank God I have Eric cause they can get super, uh, sticky and super confusing, especially when you have multiple escalation clauses with different verbiage in them. Mm-hmm. Um, so thank God I, I usually just pass it on to Eric because Eric's really good about reading those and, and, and taking them down. But, uh, we've done escalation clauses for our buyers and it has, it's wrapped the deal multiple times. Hmm. So yeah. Why don't you like them? Because I feel like as a listing agent, it's like an unfair thing. I feel like you should come in with your best foot forward with your highest offer as a buyer's agent. And that's it. Like, I shouldn't have to like. But you don't know what your long division with the damn things. Cause I feel like you have to have a spreadsheet that says, okay, if this one, then that one, then this one. And I don't know. I just don't, I think that it's, I don't know. I feel like there's better ways to do it. Come with your best foot forward first, instead of having to beat somebody out by 50 bucks. I don't know. I just, but you don't know what your best foot forward is. And sometimes it is, does come down to 50 bucks or a thousand dollars. I use the heck out of them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I just wrote an escalation clause the other day. It was my, it was a cash buyer. Cash buyers in my area are, are not unheard of, but they're not around a lot. So cash spoke volumes in this offer. However, my guy wanted this house so bad that we took out the appraisal and we took out the uh, inspection yep. and we put closing out for two weeks. The house was vacant. Um, and obviously the seller wanted a quick close. So not only being cash, but we took out the inspection, we took out the appraisal and we were closing in two weeks. So 
depending on the condition of the property, um, if I had the buyer and we were going and going to do an escalation and we're going up against a lot of people, I would probably take him back through the property and say, okay, are you comfortable waiving your inspection? Like, do you feel like this is going to be okay? So I never let my people waive an inspection. I know it's, it's crazy. It's, it's scary. Um, and in this case, this house was built in 2017. So it's fairly okay. It's fairly nice. Um, but yeah, your client has to be okay with it and you have to disclose. I mean, are you okay? You're not going to get an inspection. Are you fine with that? So, so I remember a few years ago when the market was like this, when we had these letters that our buyers or their realtors would write to the seller. And now people are saying that it's not okay. I do them every time and I don't care. Um, yeah. I mean, to me, it's the difference between applying for a job online with a stack of 500 resumes and not being able to differentiate who's who versus getting to the manager in person and being able to speak for yourself. So I always have them write a letter and I always tell them if you think it's sappy, make it sappier. And actually a lot of times I'll film a video of them in front of the house too, instead of a letter. So I find that in Colorado Springs, probably up there for you guys too, um, people love pets, like probably more than kids. So I have them put like a picture of their dog and like have them write their dog's name backwards. Cause I assume their dogs are illiterate morons. I don't know. And then I like make a little fake like dog paw print on there at the bottom and like send it off. Um, what do you guys think? Like as a listing agent, if me as a buyer's agent were to call you and say, Hey, my buyers have something they'd like to drop off at the house. We're not going to ring the door. Um, but we're going to drop it off and let you know that we've dropped something, um, bottle of champagne, maybe, um, you know, a, a thank you flowers. for letting us do the house flowers. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All of those things. Have you ever come up against an agent that was not okay with that? There is actually a girl in my locally here, an agent who writes it in the MLS, no love letters. I've seen mm -hmm. that a few times here. Yeah. And yeah. Does it stop you from writing them, Lindsay? No. No, I mean, it's, you know, if my, if I, I'll, you know, obviously I talk to my clients about it and tell my clients the risks and the benefits of it. And if the clients want to send it, then we send it. And I write in my, you know, so I have a whole template. I'm very systematized. I've got a whole template that like I, I send out of CTME, which is our contract writing, um, e-writing and e-signing tool that has like the highlights of the offer in there. And then one of the lines is there's a personal letter or a personal video from the buyers attached to the sellers. Please share this with the sellers at your discretion. If you don't feel like it will be well received or you're not comfortable with it, then don't share it. What system do you use to send the video? Like, how do you mm -hmm. send it? Um, I take it with my cell phone and then upload it to Dropbox and then just send a link in there. Got it. Okay. Um, CTME is like a, it's static. It doesn't have any right. HTML in there, so you can't write anything pretty. So mm -hmm. you just have to send a little, little link. So this is, this is, I, I kind of feel that letters are cheesy. Now, again, that's my opinion. It obviously has to come from my client on if they want to receive them or not. Um, I will say that the times that we've had more than five offers, 10, 15, 20 offers on a property, and you've got to go through 
every single one of those offers. You got to put them in an Excel spreadsheet. You got to look at the escalations. You got to look at the financing and then to throw the letters in there. Like to me is just an extra, you know, umph. I mean, obviously you need to talk to your client and see if they want to read them. But the times that I've had over 10 offers on a property, my sellers are like, I'm too overwhelmed. Like I, I don't even want to look at those. I'd rather look at the logistics of the contract than looking at that. Very rarely have I had my clients be like, I want to see those letters. What about having your lender call the listing agent? Does everybody have that? Always. I always have my lender call the listing agent. And that's like my secondary negotiator, like my third party. Right. So I use them as my intermediary. Like if we're close, like they'll find out, you know, I love it when a lender calls me that, that to me shows me that we're going to have a good transaction. Mm -hmm. If something, we're going to have a hiccup. I know that that lender is going to call me. I love that. Jess, what do you think? I don't use love letters and I don't show them to my sellers. (laughs) Um, There's a lot of fair housing issues I think that can come into play with those love letters, especially if there's photos attached. And um, we specifically had one sent to us a couple years ago that was, you know, you're a type of religion because they knew each other from church, the buyer and the seller. You're a Christian. I'm a Christian. I mean, it was literally every single fair housing every violation. You could every violation, and I couldn't, in good faith, for my own protection and my own licensing, right, send this on to my sellers, and I had to tell the buyer's agent no. And so from that point on, I really put a stop yeah. to it from a personal perspective. Um, lenders calling is always a good thing. Um, obviously, I have a list of pretty detailed questions. Um, I piggybacked on some of the ones that Lindsay asks um, as a listing agent in a multiple offer situation, um, cause I find them, there's just super thorough questions that I think we should all be asking. Um, I personally don't ever waive the right to an inspection. I think there's a verbiage. I put a verbiage in there about, we're still going to do the inspection. We're going to not Same. ask for anything, but we're going to reserve our right to terminate if the inspection's that bad. Right. In Denver specifically has been so crazy the last couple of years that we're finally starting to see a lot of lawsuits come through that were filed a couple years ago where, Buyers agents were advising their their buyers to waive their right to an inspection, and then the house was an absolute disaster. And so the sellers or the buyers are now blaming their real estate agent for bad advice. And so, as much as I think that there's a really great way to be super aggressive on these offers, we have to remember that our license is at stake every time we get too aggressive in these offers, and one deal is not worth a lifetime. Right. Um, And that's where I think we walk a fine line as real estate agents, as far as advisement goes, and as far as actual putting some of these things into play. I've never had a, I've never had a buyer not do an inspection. And I would, I would not, I mean, I can't say I wouldn't allow them to do that because it's their call ultimately, but they always do inspection. They may just say we'll only do health and safety items or we'll take Mm -hmm. it as is, but they still have had a lot of buyers though, you know, buyers agents on my listings we're not even going to do an inspection. And I'm like, oh, that's not happening. Like yeah, no. I'm asking you as the listing agent to please get an inspection because none of us need to be in court. Right. Another thing I look forward to with the uh, lender, not only do I want the lender to call me or I reach out to the lender on the lender letter, when I'm looking at your pre qual, I want to see pre approval. I want to see you are pre approved pending house taxes and insurance. Absolutely. Not on there. Prime. Don't That's work. Yeah. I, I would not work with a lender who can't get your clients, like at least through desktop underwriting, mm-hmm. um, and getting right. approval. 
right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so piggybacking up on all of that, if my clients wanted to write a letter to the seller, what should they stay away from in their letter? Race. That might be considered fair housing, fair housing information. Race, religion, marital status. Yeah. Uh, sexual orientation, right? Yeah. Please don't get me in trouble here. Um, <laughs> but one there? that's not on there that I feel like down in Colorado Springs is kind of a big deal is military. military. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And yeah. it's not considered a fair housing violation, but I feel like maybe that's something that needs to be considered. Mm -hmm. And, you know, police officers, firefighters, that kind of stuff, public servants, um, leveraging that. I mean, right. I think it's definitely gray area. I agree. I've seen crazy stuff. I had three years ago, a property that I had listed and we had like 21 offers, I think on it. And my sellers had, um, they loved France. They had pictures of Paris, pictures of them in Paris, Paris, this Paris, that all over the entire house. The buyers bought them to round trip airline tickets to Paris Stop. to win in the offer process. So oh, I've seen I mean, my sister's offer to suite at a Bronco game. So same thing. Yeah, you can't understate how crazy the market's been in Denver the last few years. I've it's never heard cool that. Enough, wow. Yeah, crazy. I'm down here at poverty level. We're buying dogs. If I see a dog in a picture, we're, we're buying dog treats and dogs. Right. <laughs> trip airfare to France. Good God. Jeez. Wow. Well, I'm not doing that. I'm not going to advise that. Right. Um, but that's crazy that you guys had that in your market. That's, I mean, that's a real thing. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's been absolutely wild for a couple of years. It's cooling down now, thankfully. So but. I tend to also try and spoil the listing agent a little bit. And that's another way that I kind of get my offers pushed through. I've kind of become known for after my offers accepted, I send a bottle of my favorite champagne or Moscato to their office with a thank you note and that kind of thing. And I either, I do either deliver it to their office or their house. She um, a couple weeks ago when she left my house, she's, and I was I going, and she's like so-and-so's house to drop off. I'm like, who's that? A realtor. And I'm like, what? yeah, he lived in Castle Rock and he was, he brought an offer on my house down in Colorado Springs. So I dropped off a uh, champagne at his house. <laughs> yep. Man, I'm slacking. But yeah, I mean, I think there's a lot that you can do to make your offer really competitive. And I think it comes down to really good communication and leveraging your relationships that you have with listing agents. And if you also happen to have a whole bunch of listings that could help you too, you know, like, yeah that leverage is nice to have, you know, I've got a lot of really good relationships with a lot of listing agents here in town. And so if I've got something coming up, you know, I usually know, I know what it is and I'll, I'll put it out there so people know it's coming and we might start getting offers before it's seen on the market. So speaking of that, what do you do if you've got, I mean, if you've got like six buyers and they all have different needs, would you post that on Facebook? Cause I've seen a couple realtors posting like their buyer's needs or their, you know, what's coming up and that kind of thing. They'll post on social media um, with like a kind of a rundown of their must have list. Do you recommend doing that? I just did it. I don't know. Three days. Ago. I do. It and it's actually, it's in my email signature too. So underneath my name, it'll say buyer's needs and upcoming listings. That's a good hmm. idea. But no, I do that too. Probably ever reads it, but yeah. 
I actually just got a listing off of me doing that. I put out a post that said inventory is low. If you're wanting to sell, you need to call me. I've got six buyers. This is what we're looking for. And literally a day later, it's a past client of mine. He texted me and he said, Hey, I think I'm ready to sell. I saw your post about low inventory. Let's do this. I was like, okay. So it works both ends. So yeah, I highly recommend it. Jess, what did you say in your post? Um, so I have, I think last week it was five buyers that are looking for specific properties and Denver right now, we're kind of in this interesting, like it's not quite a shifting market. It's not quite a buyer's market. It's not quite a seller's. Like, I just don't really know what we are right now. We're still coming out of winter season and we're trying to figure it out, but, um, we have no real inventory. And so mine was, I have this buyer looking in Littleton for eight, you know, three bedroom, two bath under 450, you know, and I just went through each one and just a generalized idea of what um, the criteria is. I had two agents reach out to me. We went and showed their property. They came on the market yesterday and I went and showed one of the houses yesterday. And so sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. A um, couple of people messaged me kind of like Kristen said, and so they were kind of thinking about selling. Um, so I think it serves its purpose on both ends it, and it continues to show that you're working for your clients and it helps build those relationships with those other agents too, which we yeah. keep back to that the other agents in your market we have to work with them and so you have to have good relationships with them and this is one of the ways that you service your clients is by having good relationships with other real estate agents right you know i was thinking of this um thing uh, to maybe post on facebook that on a dry erase board i write down what their needs are and then i superimpose it onto a picture of the family or the person or whoever is the buyer um so that they can at least see that there is an actual person it's not like a fake ploy some kind of fake thing that realtors do um, you know, it's not, it's not anything like that, but I saw a realtor doing like a quick video with their buyer. Um, Hey, I have these people coming up. Um, they've been looking for three weeks. We can't seem to find a house. They want this neighborhood, this many bedrooms, that kind of thing. If anybody sees anything that they have something coming up, reach out to me. They're ready to go. We love, um, first shot at it, that kind of thing. Um, but I was thinking, you know, there's gotta be, cause most of my clients are not here. They just aren't. They're in other States, other countries even. Um, I mail so letters. That. Yeah, I mail letters to the community and I'll also go out and door knock like yeah. frequent, frequently for people. But. And what do you say when you're door knocking, Lindsay? Um, so usually what I'll do is I take a I'm picture. terrified of it. Oh, I love <laughs> I've to never do done it. I've done, I, I've done it. I do it all the time. So I will take um, usually a contract that's filled out with the client's information, but you know, obviously like it, private stuff is redacted and there's no terms in it, obviously. And then I'll take a letter from the family with a picture of them because there are so many aggressive marketers out there and I'm one of them, but, um, you know, sellers have been conditioned to thinking that any call that comes from a realtor, any realtor that stops by is not truthful and they don't actually have a client. They're just looking for a listing. So I take the information with me so that they can see that it, they're, they're real buyers and I'll just go door to door and say, I've got clients that are dying to be in this neighborhood and they're looking for this type of property. Would you be interested in selling? And if you're not, do you know any of your neighbors that are? And I send the same thing in a letter. Nice. You could call if you're afraid of door knocking. You know what? It's really weird that I'm afraid of door knocking because my very first job ever was selling phone service business to business in Manhattan. Oh, wow. Yeah. And so getting past the gatekeeper was like this crazy cool skill that I had. And the way I did it was I always brought with me a Hershey's chocolate bar. Cause some people know I'm from Hershey, Pennsylvania. 
Um, so I always brought like a little Hershey's chocolate bar and then I would write down the name of the gatekeeper. That's like the receptionist person. And I would always um, follow up and come back and say, hey, Susie, um, I brought your coffee um, order from Starbucks. You gave me last time that you said you love the caramel macchiato. So I brought you one of those. Is the person there that I need to talk to today? That kind of thing. And it would always work every time. But I'm terrified of door knocking houses. Why, Why? is that? Crazy. I, I love it. I'm, but I, I hate the phones. I'm not good on the phone cold calling. I panic. So I would rather be in person. You know, I think that Facebook kind of has taken the place of door knocking for me um, because I can, you know, Facebook message or post something to a much broader net of people all at once instead of having to individually knock on a door. So cool. Jess, how about you? You ever door knock? No. Lindsay and I just talked about this yesterday. Never. Yeah. I love to do crazy stuff. Like I like to go garage sailing during the spring and the summertime. Um, and I started this when I had absolutely no money and absolutely no business and it worked so well for me. And now I just, I go out and do it for fun still. So I go to the bank and I get, now I can get probably 50 bucks back then. I was lucky if I could get $20, probably $10, but you know, I, I get, um, a roll of quarters and I get a couple single dollar bills and I go to every, uh, garage sale in my area and I go up and I talk to the people and I pick, I used to have to pick one thing that was, you know, like a penny or 25 cents because I had absolutely no money, but I buy something from them. And then when I hand them my money, I hand them a business card and I say, why are you having a garage sale? Are you moving? Uh -huh. And then it just opens up a conversation about, you know, what they're doing. And then from there, if they're not moving, then I can talk to them about neighbors that they might know are moving. And it's, it's really organic and fun. And then I get to and fill my house up with, there's so like so much random shit in my house from <laughs> so if you ever need a weird gift for christmas um watch out Lindsay's white elephant gift game is pretty strong so. um well thank you guys so much for staying with us and getting some tips on what to do when you've got a crazy market and lots of buyers and not a lot of houses so hopefully you guys learned something thank you bye bye we hope you loved our show today if you enjoyed it, do the homegirls a favor and leave us a review on iTunes or wherever you listen. Share this episode with all of your homegirls and friends and find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at homegirlsco.